Yo, yo. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? The Black Cool Podcast is back. I'm here. The humble. The gracious. And honored host. I've come back to talk to you people about a big problem in America that's going on today. And I think tonight going to be real short because I'm pretty much exhausted from work today. But I just want to speak a little bit about what's going on during this pandemic and not COVID itself. I'm talking about what these jobs and big corporations is doing to the workers. So as you all know, it's a pandemic, a global pandemic going around the world. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but we know what's going on. But um, it's another thing going on. The mistreatment of the so-called essential workers. And the essential workers, and I'm not talking about the doctors or the nurses. I ain't talking about the, you know, the, the cops or the paramedics. I'm talking about. The housekeeping people, the trash people, the food service people, the delivery drivers. I'm talking about all the people, all the small guys that make the the well oil machine run. That's what I'm discussing tonight. Because... These jobs and these corporations have been treating the so-called essential workers like garbage. And I'm going to say it again. They've been treating us like garbage. We haven't gotten anything. We haven't been offered a raise. We haven't been offered hazard pay. They've been cutting our hours, giving us outdated things. They've been treating us real bad, man. And... When things are going on and you don't show up to work, if it's a snowstorm, oh, you know, you're a level one employee or you're an essential employee. You have to be here. The patients have to get fed as far as food service go. As far as housekeeping go, you have to be here because they got to get clean. These rooms got to stay disinfected. These these floors got to shine. The food got to get upstairs. The food has to be nice and hot for the patients. All that I agree with. But also, don't treat the little guy like a piece of shit. Basically, that's what they're doing. They're treating us like pieces of shit. Like we like we throwaways. <laughs> like we don't matter. Because they just donated a whole bunch of food to these nurses. But the small guy had to go pick up the food, but they let us know, no, well, this is not for you. This is for them. Which I don't have a problem with because you're supposed to take care of the nurses because they frontline responders and the doctors. You're supposed to take care of them. But also you're supposed to take care of all the people that are running the risk of getting this virus by leaving their house on a daily basis when we're supposed to be quarantined. And 
nobody's there to speak up for us. Nobody cares about it. They get arrogant when they give you small things and here, take this and take that. And we didn't have to do it, but here, take this. You know what? I'm still grateful I have a job. I'm still grateful I'm able to take care of my family. But enough is enough with the bullshit. Everyone should be compensated for risking their lives during this pandemic. We got to go out here. We got to wear face masks. And we deserve clean things. We don't deserve to get treated like shit because we're not nurses or because we didn't have that higher education that they had. We're still human beings at the end of the day. They walk on even ground just as we walk on even ground. And again, when the banks close, everybody's even. They don't care about us. They letting us know these things. They don't care about us. They just letting y'all know, oh, you're only essential when we need you here. You can go through all the cracks. You can go through all the bumps, the bruises. As long as you get to work, we need you here so these patients can get fed or these rooms can get clean or these floors can get shined. Or security, when the patient's going crazy, they, they call security and they ask security, can you handle this patient for me? This patient is going crazy. They're going crazy. You know, they're, they're up there. They're going ballistic. But they said security don't deserve a mask. This is what one of the nurses said. So how are we supposed to react to these things? We supposed to, we we have to be grateful. I am grateful that I still have my job. I'm able to provide. But when you see unemployment and these and, and people on unemployment is getting their 75 percent of their original paycheck plus an extra 600 a week, what the fuck are we working for? We busting our ass just for for little trinkets. They're not giving us nothing. These type of situations let you know where it's time to go after these after this pandemic is going. Once this pandemic is going, if ever it goes, these are the type of situations that let you know Okay, it's time to move on from what you're doing now. Now I've been putting myself in a great position. I, I was in I'm in real estate school. About to take I got two upcoming tests. Well, three upcoming tests that I'm trying to pass so I can put myself in a better position and start my business, my real estate business. So I've been making the moves silently. You know, I haven't been really talking about it, but I've been brainstorming every day. I've been talking about it. But This lets me know that the little guy is always going to be stepped on. Even though the little guy is the foundation that keeps everything up. Because without the little guy, there is no foundation. The building will crumble and fall. But they don't treat you like that. They let you know from the gate. 
that they don't give a damn about you. But I'm of the mindset. My grandfather always told me, you may not like your job. You may not like the people at your job. But everything you do, you do it with pride. You do it to the best of your abilities. Never give them a reason to say that you wasn't doing your job or that you're a horrible worker. Your work ethic speaks volumes no matter where you go. You will always succeed if you got a good work ethic. And that's how I look at things. It's just a paycheck. I come here for a paycheck. I come here to do a job. Once my job is done, I go home. But they make us feel this small. They make us feel this small with the things that they do, the things that they say. And... They want you to be grateful for these trinkets. No, you can keep your trinkets. They offer they offer something today. I said, no, you go ahead and keep that. I don't want that. You're giving us stuff that y'all had for weeks and months. I don't want none of that. Just keep it. I'm not going to sit here and subject myself to taking anything from anybody that's not gracious and handing it to me. They don't even try to work with us. They don't even say, here, we're going to give y'all overtime for every hour that y'all work is considered overtime. They don't do that. They send out, they send you an email saying, listen, we cutting your hours. This is, this is how we got to do it because we don't want people to get furloughed and we got to keep the hospital moving because the patients need this around the clock care. All that is true, but you have to compensate people for Getting up out their bed every day, risking their life. And because in travel, you can catch the shit. Nobody knows where, where, the, where the, the origin is. You can catch this shit from anywhere. Nobody can pinpoint where they caught the shit. But you also have a chance to bring that shit home to your family. You have. A high chance of infecting other people when you're walking around with this. You may not have enough symptoms, but you might sneeze, you might cough, motherfucker might catch it. But I feel like there's a lot of things they aren't telling us. And it was some encouraging news on Friday when the, I guess the House passed the Heroes Act. But the Republicans already said the only thing we're willing to give you is hazard pay. So hopefully this hazard pay comes through because we deserve it. We've been working under harsh conditions. Very harsh conditions. And I ain't talking about from the hospital. I'm talking about from this pandemic. But we also got to realize that this is nothing but a stepping stone for us. This makes us realize Y'all don't give a damn about it. We already know they don't give a damn about us, but they even showing you now that they don't give a damn about you. So it's just time to make different moves, man. I'm not going to sit here and dog these people out too much, but I just want a little, like, show us some type of respect. Because the nurses saying, oh, this, I don't even know if the nurses are saying these things, but 
the chatter is. They saying, what are they doing? We got to do such and such. What are they doing? We don't know what's going on. We just, here's a bunch of hearsay. Trying to drive a wedge between everybody. When right now we should be united. Whether you're black, white, Asian, Puerto Rican, whatever. We all should be united at this time going with this pandemic. We should all be united. It shouldn't be color. It should be the human race. But a lot of times they make it about color. And what one of the biggest problems I had was one of these dudes on the radio was talking this the COVID-19 is black people's it's black people's disease. We need to embrace it. I'm just listening to this motherfucker like what the fuck are you talking about? We shouldn't be embracing this shit. It's nothing to embrace. We need to be protecting ourselves from it. But it's, oh no, you got to embrace it. And, and this, that, and the third. And I'm just listening. I'm like, these people get on air and they say anything. None of this shit makes sense that they be talking, but they still talking. And my main concern is... The, the health and the safety of these so-called essential workers... That's the main concern is trying to make sure that we need to compensate them. Other people being compensated, but a certain group of people aren't being compensated. But as I said before, we kind of need to band together and let them know, listen, we matter too. The nurses and doctors aren't the only essential workers in here. Don't say I'm an essential worker, but then treat me like I'm some damn bum on the street giving me scraps. Every human being deserves something. I deserve more than some damn scraps. And it's just, it's real bad, man. It's getting getting bad. And to me, there is no end in sight right now. And people have been saying, oh, prepare for an 18-month shutdown. And people are like, oh, no, don't say that. Yeah, we got to prepare for these type of things. These are the type of things. Take this time that we're quarantined. Take this time to brainstorm and try to put some things together. I don't want to be in healthcare anymore. Too much responsibility, not enough pay. They put all this responsibility on you, but they want to pay you pennies and give you trinkets. They don't want to give you nothing. So this time we need to take brainstorm and try to and try to come up with different ideas and solutions of how we can get the hell out of out of this essential worker thing. Because that's the main thing, and that's their driving force right now is. Oh no, you guys are the essential workers and 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 uh this is your job and we love that you're on the front line. We see all the commercials, frontline workers, this, that, and the third, but they don't give us nothing. It's the small guy. We're the little brother, that's the big brother. The little brother don't get nothing, he gets bullied, he gets pushed down, and they just treat us as such. But I think it's time that we start letting them know that we matter. 
No matter what position you are in life, you're still a human being. You still deserve certain things, whether you're a nurse, doctor, food service, housekeeping, uh, radiology tech, the ER techs, whatever. You still deserve as much as those nurses is getting. And I ain't talking about money. I'm saying respect. The pedestal that they put them up on, we deserve to be up there, too, because we're risking our lives just as much as they are. As soon as we leave the house is a health risk. That's what people need to realize. That's what people need to realize. Um, and it's just been, you know, America is just going real crazy and insane right now. And we need to kind of realize some things. We need to start taking advantage of this quarantine because the only thing niggas think about is getting back outside and partying and, and, and doing all the ratchet shit. No, we need to plan. We need to be brainstorming and trying to get shit together. They're not thinking about that. They're just thinking about the, oh, no, man, I got to get outside. I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. Nigga, it's more to life than partying and bullshitting. That seems like that's all the motherfuckers want to do, and that's all they talking about during this quarantine. I can't wait to outside, open back up. I want to hit the bar. I want to do this. Not I want to get. Not that I want to educate myself. Not that I want to go and try to take out a loan and get a business. Not try to recycle my money with black businesses, but these niggas is worrying about going outside. And. As far as this virus go, we know people that have had it, but it affects everybody differently. And there's another thing going on in America, what they're doing is they're marking everything as a a COVID-19 death. And they're saying they're telling you this on TV, but nobody's paying attention when they tell you this on TV. Now, when they start speaking against everything that they told you as far as COVID-19 and how they're ruling these deaths and how they're doing this and how they're doing that. It's propaganda at that point. But all that other stuff, all the other lies they feed you isn't propaganda. The media controls the nation. Because all the information that they put out there, they force feed it to you. And they put their spin, their interpretation on it, their narrative, their rhetoric. They put all that into it. Y'all don't believe, y'all believe all that bullshit, but you don't believe that they're telling you, okay, we're not actually testing everybody because they said there's not that many tests. And a lot of tests was contaminated. They're telling you this in the media. But no, that's propaganda. You can't believe it. Of all these deaths from the COVID-19, you have to ask yourself. How many of these people was tested because they said they don't have enough tests? Ask yourself these simple questions. They're telling you in the media. Well, one lady said it. She said a lot of more countries are more liberal with their information as far as telling you. Well, this person had a heart disease. This person had kidney failure and they're telling you 
Oh no, just mark it as a COVID nineteen death. They saying mark it as a COVID nineteen death if you're not get if you ain't stabbed or shot up, it's a COVID nineteen death. It's very real, but it's also a fear tactic in it. There's a fear factor in this. It's kind of both, but I'm not going to get too deep into that in this episode. And another thing I'm going to talk about is. um, And this is the kind of branch off of that. I wanted to talk about. The new findings in the Ahmad Arbery case, where they say, "Oh, we got video of him at the house." They also, the the owner also released video of these white people at the house way later than he was at the house. This is twelve and midnight. He released it. And he said, "No." He said, "Everybody's been coming there because they it's being built. It's a new property. It's being built. It's a new construction." We don't know if the bull stopped there to see and see if it was for sale. More reports is coming out saying that this guy, the third guy that recorded the video, wrote a letter saying, I'm sorry, I should have stopped him. Once he said that, that lets me know they was hunting this man. And then there's another video out of him getting into an altercation with the cop, the cops harassing him. Thinking he stole the TV when he's trying to... He said, I have the receipt right here. We are not afforded the luxuries of just getting tased and handcuffed. They don't tase and handcuff us. They tase us, shoot us, and then leave us there to bleed out and die. People say, no, you can't touch... I'm going to touch on these, these touchy subjects because I believe they need to be talked about. And we don't get nothing. We get nothing from out of any of this. It seems like when we're the victim of a crime, we're put on trial. Oh, well, he was this. He was that. Instead of just saying this man was murdered unjustly, they try to dig up as much dirt on you as they can. Let's go back to the Breonna Teller situation. They, this girl didn't do a damn thing wrong. They went in her background and seen a fucking job she got fired from. And this lady wrote a goddamn article on it. Like, I, it's, this is the thing. They try to, they try to dig up as much dirt as they can on you to muddy your name. So when this goes to trial, the jury has this stuff to look at. Same thing with Trayvon Martin. Oh, he took pictures with guns. He took a picture with his middle fingers up. Trying to sway the jury. From making an unbiased decision. Not that this man was unjustly murdered, but is we got to factor in his background. His background has nothing to do with these people killing him. Same thing with Trayvon Martin. Same thing with Breonna Teller. Same thing with Sean Reed. We've been seeing these things over and over and over and over. And 
the main theme of everything is the victim is always put on trial as if he was the murderer. The victim becomes the defendant and the defendant then becomes the victim. It's just like with George Zimmerman. This fat tub of lard. He looked like a white boy when he when we first seen him. Had a buzz cut. Looking like a white boy. Then he come to court. He got his hair slicked back. Now he looking Cuban. They let... The, the, the prosecution dropped the ball with that. The prosecution dropped the ball with Mike Brown. The prosecution, prosecution dropped the ball with Terrence Crutcher. They dropped the ball with all of these. It's a common theme. With all of these cases, it's a common theme. And then you have your black people that's going to talk against it. You know what? We got to start weaning them out. They don't represent us. And there's always this one guy, well, speaking from a brother's background and from a brother's, you know, you speak for yourself. You don't speak for me. They get on TV and say, I speak. No, you don't speak for me. You speak for yourself. So preface your comments by saying, I speak for myself. This and this alone is my opinion. They got to stop this whole, I speak for the, but no, you don't speak for the black people. You don't speak for the hood. This is what they're trying to say. This brother, I speak for the, no, you don't speak for the hood. You speak for your damn self. I don't agree with none of your sentiments. I don't agree with none of that shit. So don't say you speak for me. Don't say you speak for the hood. You speak for yourself. First thing they hit you with is, oh, wow. Well, he, he, y'all mad at him for having a different point of view. It's not about having a different point of view. It's about every time something happens, these people go against the grain. The Jason Whitlocks of the world. Stephen A. Smiths of the world. These people always go against the grain. And listen, I respect their craft. I respect them as journalists because... They at the top of the line in what they do. But when it comes to social issues, you got to realize they got bosses. They got handlers. So as people telling them like, yo, you, you can't say too much. But I'd rather, if you can't say too much, I'd rather you not even speak on it. Just call it what it is, a travesty, and leave it at that. But they try to break it down. Well, the black on black crime, here we go with the black on black crime stuff again. It's a myth. I've debunked that already. I'm tired of this black on black crime. I'm tired of it because it, it has no bearing on what's going on. Oh, we see no value in us, so they see no value. That doesn't... So if I don't see value in a white person, can I go and kill white people? No. That If they was going around and they do the same thing that we do. So I see how they you, we watch um, Investigation Discovery, ID channel. They don't see no value in each other. They be the only ones on there killing each other, chopping each other's body up, putting putting their bodies in in, in, in in deep freezers, putting their bodies in garbage disposal. So so once I see that on ID channel, does that mean that I can go out there and start shooting and killing white people? They put the Asians on there as well. So does that mean they see no value in each other? That means I see no value in them. That means I can go out there and start killing them as well? No. Stop using these straw man arguments.
Stop using them because it makes no sense. Once you break it down, none of this shit makes sense. Brianna Teller was sitting in her house. They came to the wrong house, served the warrant to the wrong house. Already had the suspect in custody. In custody. The guy, Kenneth Walker, and free him. He's shooting because he's protecting his house. And they never identified themselves as police officers. He has every right to protect his home. She's in the bed and gets shot eight times. What does black-on-black crime have to do with that? Nothing. That's another thing. We have to stop with the false equivalencies. We have to stop that. We got to stop it because it makes no sense. Once you break it down, you realize, oh, it really doesn't make no sense. It's actually... To me, is a sick and twisted mind frame for you to say that. That shows me how sick you are in the head to say some, some shit like black on black crime is the reason why that shit happened. No, it don't. That shit been happening to us before black on black crime, the so-called black on black crime even existed. The slave masters. So black on black crime has something to do with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm just... Eh. Nick saw that in the butt. And, um, I think my next episode is going to be on voting. And I'm, I'm going to strictly state that this episode is kind of like a freestyle. So I'm giving a recap of things that happened in the last two weeks. But I've been seeing a lot of things in the media. I've been seeing a lot of things going on that you you just don't like. And it makes you mad when all this stuff happens. Because one, you can't say nothing. You might lose your job if you say something. Two, people scared. They scared and they don't know where their next meal coming from. But we got to start calling people out and you can you can call somebody out without cussing them out, without calling them names. You don't have to call these people names. You can just state the stuff that they do and understand, oh, this this, you know, what type of person he is. You don't have to call them no names. When they open their mouth, they let you know what type of person they are. They let you know already what type of person they are once they open their mouth. So that's up to you to decide if you want to still deal with the bull crap. Or you can call them out nicely. You don't have to go in and coon Uncle Tom. They already speaking from that perspective. They already let you know who they are. So there's no need to call them out. And I, and I was trying to tell people, they keep saying, um, well, you gotta, it's, it's all, y'all always talking about somebody that has a difference of opinion. No, I don't have a difference of opinion. It's not about a, not me. Sorry about that. That was a mistake. It's not about a difference of opinion. It's about, you can clearly see something 
and you're trying to change the narrative. You're trying to change the the rhetoric. You're using the rhetoric to change the narrative of it to fit your story or to fit how you want it, how you perceive it. When you can clearly see something, they have video evidence of a lot of these things. But again, your rhetoric has to fit your narrative. They spew so much BS. And it's okay not to speak on things. It's okay for you not to say anything. It is okay for you not to say anything. It's okay for you to say, listen, I'm not the most knowledgeable in these type of things, so I'm not going to speak on it. You can say your piece is a tragedy, a travesty, or whatever you want to say, but don't speak on it because I respect that more than you coming out speaking against it. If you're not knowledgeable in it, go educate yourself on the situation. Go educate yourself. Then you can have a better point of view. But um, my biggest issue, my, my biggest problem with those type of people is why do you even have to say anything? It's like soon as something happened, they come running. They come running in droves to speak against anything that has a movement attached to it. Now, I wasn't the biggest fan of Black Lives Matter. I liked the concept more than I liked the organization. The concept of it was always what I liked. The organization, not so much. And now you can see that the organization is basically non-existent. Because those type of organizations don't last. Not built off anything. Um, and we live in the social media age is what we live in. And that kind of amplifies everything. So now stuff is being recorded. People have a voice. People are speaking out. And it's being more amplified than it was back in the days with certain things. Like Sean Bell was one of the biggest travesties I've ever seen in my life. And it's a common theme in New York. Central Park Five. Eleanor Bonter, Bonkers. Uh, what's her name? I forgot her name. It's something. Eleanor something. I think it's Bompers. Something like that. Look all these things up. It's a common theme in New York of what goes on in there. Those people out there being harassed. Only the black people are being harassed. And I see people saying, well, y'all profiting off of drama and trauma. No, you're bringing light to it. Because if you don't bring light to it, nobody will. And New York has this common theme. And this is just the cops. They're harassing people. Enforcing these these quarantine rules only on a certain type of people. Everybody can see it; it's plain in sight, but people don't want to acknowledge it. And the first thing they said, "Well, the Asians have a hotline they can call if they're being discriminated against." And my thing is, why do black people care about other people being discriminated against? Why are we so 
just taking everybody with open arms when these people we take with open arms don't like us. I don't understand it. I probably never will. But I'm not here to criticize our people because we've been taught to be forgiven. We've been taught to be contrite with other people and have sympathy for other people. That never really was in our movement. Now, you've had a couple... You've had a lot of people that have been in the movement and a lot of people that have made contributions to it. But there, it needs to be more of them. It can't just be them. They're far few in between. It has to be more of them. We got to see the solidarity. They have to show us that they stand on, they, they stand in solidarity with us in order for us to fight for them. But until they show that, stop fighting for other people because they haven't showed you it. We just go out there like, it's like the blind leading the blind. We go out there and fight for other people. They don't never fight for us. When it's time for our problems to be magnified, when it's time to talk about reparations, everybody speaks against it. Y'all don't deserve reparations. How can we equate, how can we equate reparations for 400 years? We can't do this. We can, they can do whatever they want to do. It's what they're going to put their time into doing. They're putting their time we can study. What is there to study? History already shows you what happened. There is nothing to study. Every slave that was freed was supposed to get 40 acres and a mule and $100. And the Native Americans were supposed to give us this. Lincoln said that. But once the vice president got in there, they put a stop to all that. We just going to free y'all. We ain't giving y'all 40 acres and a mule. And... These are the type of things that have been going on. This is documented history, but people refuse to acknowledge it. That's why they're repeating it. So, what we have to realize is look back at our history. Let's just look back how everybody treated us. All the civil rights movements we had, that was on the back of black people. We don't even benefit from none of that stuff today. Affirmative action. We don't benefit from none of that today. And the first thing people tell you is, well, those ancestors died for your vote to write. They also died because they was trying to read. They also died because they needed to learn. So stop just making it seem like this voting thing is the the the, the top of the the, the top of the, uh, the the hill, which is not. I'm gonna do a whole episode on voting, a whole episode on it. I'm gonna get deep. I'm gonna go by the hour, cause I'm gonna be bringing nothing but facts on top of facts. And I just want to just tell people, man, stay safe quarantine get your vitamins and that's another thing start taking your vitamins vitamin C vitamin D get all of these vitamins inside you build your immune system up I go in the store all the vitamin shelves is full but the tissue is gone the paper towels is gone build your immune system up first all the disinfectant is gone people were just going ballistic it's a fair it's a fair tactic in all of that. As I said earlier, it's a fair tactic in all of this. But man, just get your vitamins.
Make sure y'all stay well hydrated. Make sure you're eating right. If you can, try to change your diet. Try to, you know, change things up. Man, I'm about to get out of here. This is the Black Cold Podcast. And I'm out.